I want you to take your Bibles this morning and turn to the book of First John. And uh, if you don't know where that's at, it's right almost toward the very back of your Bible, right before the book of Jude and Revelation. First John, uh, and we're going to look at First John chapter 5 this morning. And I want to take a little time uh, this, this morning in the service, and I guess this is what you would call some uh, uh, apologetics. You know, I, I, I love it when folks ask questions, and I've had some really great questions directed toward me here in the last little bit, by the way, you know, with good spirits and uh, folks that are seeking, folks that really want to know. They, they didn't ask it with a, you know, uh, out of a spirit of animosity. They just, they're just really wanting to know. And so uh, one of the questions that, that came my way, and Brother Alan, can we get just a little bit more monitor up here, buddy? One of the questions that came my way recently was this, preacher, how do we know? You know, how do we know what, that, that what we believe is right? I mean, how do you know what you believe is right? And, and I mean, how do we know? And so uh, almost immediately when that was directed my way, it seemed like the Holy Spirit began to, to put that on my heart. And there's some other things that I'm going to bring in some services, some other questions that I'm going to try to add, uh, answer. And, uh, but I want to try to answer this one today. Now, this is a long message, but I'm still going to try to get it. Uh, we're going to try to squeeze it down. Into, the, into our normal time here on Sunday morning. And so we'll have to preach it quickly. Uh, I've got a lot more scripture that I'm going to use other than what's on your handout today. But uh, I felt like we at least uh, put that on there. That way we wouldn't have to at least uh, go to all those places in our Bibles. Uh, save us a little bit of time. And uh, also you can put that in your Bible and, and you can have uh, that scripture with you. Because I know you get that question in your break rooms and lunch rooms and your family gatherings and, uh, you know, when you have family members and co-workers that, uh, you know, are agnostic and some are atheist and, you know, some never darken the door of a church and, uh, and they say to you, how do you know? I mean, how do you know it's right? How do you know what you believe is right? How do you know what that preacher's preaching down there is right? Well, one of the reasons we know is because we give it to you on a handout. It's, it's, you know, it's not just what the preacher says. We want you to see it in the Word of God. Uh, and, uh, and so if you have the Word of God on it, that means everything. And so anyway, we invite you to listen today. Those who are watching by live stream, we're glad to have them watching today. And so 1 John chapter 5, when you find your place, if you're able, let's all stand today uh, out of respect for the reading of God's Word. I'm going to read just the first five verses, and then we're going to go back and we're going to look at some very other important scriptures in this chapter. First uh, John chapter 5 and verse 1. The Bible says, Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. Now look at verse 2. John says, By this we what? All right, so let's do that one more time. By this we, what? By this we know, K-N-O-W, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep His commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments and His commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is He? that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God. Now, you may be seated this morning, but that's very direct scripture there. Very, 
You know, uh, John doesn't beat around the bush. And by the way, that's one great thing. I love 1 John. I love it. It's one of my favorite books, and especially 1 John chapter 5. One of the things I love about John is John just tells it straight. Uh, doesn't beat around the bush. And, of course, we know this is under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. John was just the vessel that wrote this, uh, that, that God used to write this book. And so this is the Lord. This is the Holy Spirit that's speaking to us. And so really, this is the Holy Spirit that's very direct. And, he's, and the Bible's very, you read the Bible. It's just very candid. It's very honest. The Bible doesn't pull any punches. It doesn't beat around the bush. It just tells it, it, just tells it like it is. And I'm so glad uh, that it does. And so I want to tell you, just a, a, take just a few minutes to talk to you about that subject. How do we know what we believe is right? By the way, this isn't a slam on anybody else. Not a slam on anybody else. Uh, we love everybody at Calvary Baptist Church. And everybody's welcome at Calvary. Everybody's welcome at Calvary. Uh, and, uh, uh, but, but at the same time, you know what? If you don't believe what you believe, with some conviction, what good is it? And that's why we're living in this, this namby-pamby nation right now. We don't stand, I mean, nobody wants to stand for anything. And somebody said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And that's the truth. And so, you know what? We need to know what we believe. And then we need to be willing to stand for what we believe. And so how do we know? Well, we're going to show you, uh, show you from God's Word today. And so let's go to the Lord and ask God to help us. And we'll jump right into this Bible study. Father, thank you so much for church. And thank you for the opportunity to be here today. I pray now for the fullness of the Holy Spirit. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would just send a holy hush over this place. Other than some amens or, or, or some, uh, you know, uh, cooperating with the service. I pray, Heavenly Father, that, that you would just help us now to be intense and learning and listening and I pray that our hearts would be so filled by the time we leave here. And I pray that Jesus would receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. Bless our discussion this morning. And we love you and praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. And for his sake, and all God's people said, amen, amen. We notice the Apostle John's conviction in 1 John chapter 5 in writing. Conviction. And by the way, who better for God to use to write the book of 1 John than the one who laid his head on the chest of Christ? Uh, John was that one that the Bible says he was the one that, that the Lord loved. He was that loved apostle. And some have said that John was so close to the Lord that it's possible that he actually heard the very heartbeat of God. Now you think about that just a minute. I'm not preaching on that, but whoa, I could preach on that a little bit. John laid his head over on the chest of our Savior. And there's a very chance that John heard the heartbeat of God himself. In fact, listen to what John said himself. You don't have to go there. John chapter, 1 John chapter 1, verse 1. John said, that which was from the beginning, which we have heard. He said, which we have seen with our eyes which we have looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life. In other words, John said this, you don't have to tell me I was with him. John said, I touched him. John said, my eyes saw him. 
He said, my ears heard him teach and preach. And, and John said, I saw him heal. And, and he said, man, I saw those people throw their crutches away. And he said, I saw him, he, I saw him resurrect those, those dead people to life again. And, and John said, listen, if you're trying to get me to, uh, to uh, you know, to, to cower on what I believe, he said, you might as well go somewhere else. Because John said, I know uh, what I believe because I was there. I mean, I was with him. He said, I, I was firsthand. Uh, this is not third person. I saw it firsthand. Now, we notice John's confidence here. Now, I want us to go back and look at 1 John very quickly this morning. And again, look at verse number 2. And John said, by this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and keep his commandments. Now, skip down, same chapter, uh, 1 John chapter 5, skip down to verse number 13. And John says, these things have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may, what's the word? that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. Somebody says, Preacher, I didn't think you could know. The Bible says you can. Amen. You can know. You can know you're born again. You can know that you're going to heaven when you die. Thank God I don't have to hope. Thank God I don't have a supposed so salvation. Man, I know. I know. If you hear this afternoon that Brother Steve Pope passed away, hey, rejoice because I'm in glory having a time. And so John says that we may know. Now look at verse 15. John said, and if we know that he hear us, whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. Skip down to verse 18. John said, we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not, but he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Verse 19, John said, and we know that we are of God and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Verse 20, and we know that the Son of God is come and hath given us an understanding that we may know him that is true, and we are in him that is true, even in his Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. In other words, John said, we know. John said, we can know what we believe is right. You don't have to say, I'm guessing. You don't have to say, I suppose. I've never read it. Don't care to read it. But somebody said in Charles Darwin's book on evolution that over 300 times he uses the phrase, I suppose, I suppose, I suppose. I suppose this happened, and I suppose it happened this way, and I suppose this happened. Thank God I don't have a Bible that says I can suppose. I have a Bible that says you can know. Now, how do we know? How do we know what we believe is right? And here's, here's, the, here's the famous question and the famous argument is this. How do you know, preacher, that what you believe is any better than what anyone else believes? Now, this is not a slam on anybody. We're not down. We're not here to, to criticize. Uh, we're not preaching this out of, a, uh, out of a critical spirit this morning, but out of a spirit that well, I believe there's some folks that really want to know, that, that, that really want to know what you believe. And so how do you know what you believe is any better than what anyone else believes? For instance, the Muslims believe or, or think what they believe is right. In fact, they're so uh, di disoriented with what they believe, they're willing to strap on a body bomb on their children and send their 12-year-old into, uh, into a bus complex or a crowded mall and detonate a bomb on their own child. The Jehovah's Witnesses believe or think what they believe is right. The Mormons think what they believe is right. 
the Buddhists and the Hindus and, and on and on it goes. Now, listen, and, and take this, uh, take this in, in the right way, but the fact is every religion is not good. Spirit, you don't think y'all say that. Okay. I'll go a step further than that. Baptist religion is not good. Does that help? Did you know you can, you can be the most religious Baptist that has ever lived and die and go to hell? And so you just fill in the blank. You can be a religious Catholic. You can be a religious Pentecostal. You can be a religious Methodist. You can be a religious anything. And the truth of the matter is, if you don't have what you believe right, you will die in your sin and go to hell. Every religion does not, I know this is contrary to our popular belief, and this is definitely not politically correct preaching this morning, but we never started out to be politically correct. We started out to be biblically correct, and every religion does not lead to the same place. Now we put this in your handout this morning. Jesus said in John 14, verse, six, uh, verse number six, Jesus saith unto him, I am, what's that next little word there? Thee. Y'all know what thee is, don't you? That's a definite article. I am the way, comma, look what he says. There's that word again. I am the truth. And the life, no man comes unto the Father but by me. In other words, Jesus is saying this. There's not ten different ways. There's only one. Jesus said, I am the definite article. Uh, You don't go to heaven through the Pope. Not criticize the Pope. I'm just saying, you don't go to heaven through the Pope. You don't go to heaven through the Catholic Pope. Or you you don't go to heaven through the, the Stephen Pope. You go to heaven one way. And that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. We notice what the Lord said in John chapter 10, verse number 9. He said, I am, and there's that definite article again. He said, I am the door. So there's not a lot of different doors. There's not a lot of different gates. There's not a, uh, somebody says, well, I came in through the door of Jesus and and, uh, I came in through the door of Allah and uh, I came in through the door of Krishna. And uh, listen, if you came in any other door, you're not in. I am the door, he said, by me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Acts chapter 4, verse number 12. Jesus said, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none. Now, that's pretty, that's pretty definite. For there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so a person must have Christ as their Savior in order to live forever in heaven. You say, wait a minute, preacher, but I disagree. You can disagree all day long. You can disagree with me. You can disagree with Billy Graham. You can disagree with whoever you want to disagree with, and it doesn't matter what you believe, and it doesn't matter what I believe. What matters is what God says, and God says there is one way that you're going to get saved and go to heaven and that way is Jesus Christ, my son. But here's the question, how do we know? How do we know that what we believe is right? So I'm going to give you four thoughts this morning quickly and uh, you can write them down. They'll be on the screen if you don't, don't get them right off. Number one, how do we know what we believe is right. Well, first of all, is the Spirit of God. We know what we believe because of the Spirit of God. 
First John chapter five, again, I think I put the rest of these in your handout, I think. First John chapter five, verse six, the Bible says, this is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. Now look, look what it says. And it is the spirit, and you'll notice that word spirit there has a capital S. It's referring to the Holy Spirit. And this uh, and, and this, uh, and th- it is the Spirit that beareth witness because the Spirit is what? Is truth. Romans chapter 8, verse 16. Again, the Bible says the Spirit, and you'll notice it's capitalized again, the Holy Spirit. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit. That's so important. The Spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. You say, preacher, how do you know what you believe is right? Did you know there's just something inside, if you're a child of God, that tells you what we believe is true? And let me tell you what it is. It is none other than the Holy Spirit of God. Now, you can't see him. You can't touch him. But don't let that throw you. It's about like the college professor that was teaching his college class, and he told his class, his, uh, uh, the young collegians there, he said, kids, there is no God. There's no God. He said, have you ever touched God? Anybody ever touched God? Well, nobody raised their hand. Has anybody ever seen God? Nobody raised their hand. Anybody ever talked to God, ever heard God? Nobody raised their hand. He went on through, and he said, so I conclude, you've never seen him, never touched him, you've never heard him, you've never talked to him, you've never felt him, there is no God. One of the college students spoke up and said, sir, can I ask a question to the class? He said, has anybody here ever seen our professor's brain? Has anybody ever touched our professor's brain? Has anybody ever heard our professor's brain? He went on through. He said, I conclude, our professor has no brain. Now, you can't touch the Holy Spirit. You can't see the Holy Spirit. There there is a Holy Spirit that's telling you it's real. By the way, that's why a lot of times people come back to Calvary who have been in other churches they come back here, although we're a little different, and they're not, sometimes they come in here and they're not exactly used to it. They're not used to our kind of singing. They're not used to our kind of preaching. Our preaching's a little different, you know, than, than uh, some other churches, but they keep on coming back. And the reason they come back is because when they come here, there's something inside that's telling them, he's telling the truth. He's telling it right. You need to listen. You need to hear him. Well, what he's saying, I'm telling you, it's true. You may not be able to see it, but I tell you, the whole Holy Spirit confirms in your spirit that it's right. Old, old story, old, old story. And that little boy's out there, man, he's, he's a, it's a windy day. He's got his kite. He flies his kite. He runs it all the way to the end of the spool. But he's come prepared. He takes an, an extra spool of string. He ties it on. He lets that thing go up. He takes it all the way to the end of that spool. He takes another spool of string and he ties that on. And man, it's just a great day for flying a kite. And that kite gets way up there. I mean, way up there. He's just having a time. A guy comes along and says, hey, Sonny. He said, what are you doing? Flying a kite. Flying a kite. The guy looks up and he says, I don't see it. How do you know you're flying a kite? 
He said, because every once in a while, I can feel the tug. Amen. Yeah, I can feel the tug. But I'm going to tell you what, I may not be able to see the Holy Spirit. I may, may not be able to touch the Holy Spirit. But I'm telling you what, often is the case. I come into this church and then God begins to work and God begins to bless. Though I've never been in heaven. I can't explain the word of God. But I know this, there is a Holy Spirit that tells me it's right, it's true, it's genuine. By the way, there's something that we miss a lot of times. And that's this. Did you know that the same Holy Spirit reminds the world that it's real? Now, they don't admit it. But the same Spirit of God that tugs at your heart is also working in the world. The Bible tells us in John chapter 6, verse number 8, and when he, speaking of the Spirit of God, and when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. And so every day the Spirit of God is at work in this world, not just in the church, but in this world. You say, preacher, don't believe it. Oh, it's easy. That's easy to prove. That, that's an easy one right there. Did you know in America today, and this is sad, but in America today you can mention... You can mention Buddha all day long. Nobody gets upset. You can say, Buddha, 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 Buddha. And people pass by you like you're a little weird. <laughs> but nobody gets upset. You can walk by and people can be saying, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, and nobody gives it a second thought. I mean, uh, we live in that that. That, that mentality uh, this week on the news. Y'all saw the news. You know, this week the guy, uh, the, the uh, Native American guy, he's beating on his drum. What's he doing? Summonsing the spirit of the wind. And, and wait a minute, he can do that on the National Mall. Nobody thinks and think about it. Is that right? Hollywood can produce a movie that talks about demons and exorcisms and it's popular and makes millions of dollars. We can have a nation that openly advocates homosexuality or Eastern religion and nobody says anything. You walk out, even in North Carolina, now you go out where Brother Zachy is, you'll really see it. But even in North Carolina, you walk out to the park, people out there, you know, meditation. They, some of them don't even know. That's Eastern religion. And nobody says a word. But the same people say now, we want you to come and give the benediction. That's a fancy word for prayer at the end. But pastor, when you pray, keep it general. This is what they say. Don't pray in Jesus' name. You know why? Because there is a Holy Spirit that's working in this world that tells them it's real. It's real. <laughs> it's true. It's real. It's absolutely real. Listen, did you know that's why they want to take in God we trust off our currency? Did you know that's why? Did you know? Okay, okay. Hey, I'm ask you a question. Why is it so, okay, if this is not, somebody says, preacher, this ain't real, okay, okay, let's just say for a second, you're right, 
This is not real. Jesus is not real. The Bible's not really the word of God. Heaven's not really there. There is no hell. It's all just a fairy tale. Ask a question. Then why in the world does it make national news when a football coach takes a knee on a field and bows his head and prays to Jesus? You know why? Because there is a Holy Spirit that's saying it's real, it's real, it's real, it's real, it's true, it's true. Hey, world, you better listen, you better listen up, you better wise up. It's right, it's true. What that preacher is preaching is right. There is a heaven, there is a hell. The word of God, the Bible is the word of God. Jesus is the Son of God, and we have the Holy Spirit that tells us it's right, it's right, it's right. Thank God we have the Spirit of God today. We got to get off this point. Good night. Go to the next. How do we know what we believe is right? Well, number two, not only the Spirit of God, but number two, we have the Word of God. The Word of God. First John chapter 5, verse number 13. Notice what John says. He says, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that ye may know that ye have eternal life and that ye may believe on the name of the Son of God. And so we have a book. Thank God, a book that tells us what we believe is real. Well, you say, preacher, what if the book's not right? What if the book's not, not real? Well, did you know we have a book that has stood the test of time? Did you know that back in the 40s, a, a man came on the scene by the name of Adolf Hitler? And one of the first things he began to do is he began to collect all the religious books and all the Bibles across Germany and Europe, and they would take those Bibles and those religious books. By the way, and if you study study your, your history, uh, Hitler was an avid New Ager. He was all into spiritualism and, and super, the supernatural and superstition, but when you mention Jesus, that's a different story. And so they took all these Bibles and religious books, they heaped them up into piles, they poured kerosene on them, and they burned them. But may I remind us this morning that Hitler is gone and the Bible is still here. Stalin tried to destroy the Bible. Thomas Paine tried to destroy the Bible. Lenin tried to destroy the Bible. Do you know they tell us that Mao, the Chinese dictator, killed between somewhere between 30 to 60 million people in his country, and many of them were Christian missionaries, and he did it to try to do away with the Word of God. But did you know Mao is gone, and we still have the Bible today? Voltaire. Some of you have heard of Voltaire. At 17 years old, Voltaire, the famous French opponent of the Bible, stood in a crowded auditorium and said of Christ's first disciples, quote, it took 12 ignorant fishermen to build Christianity. But I will show you how one Frenchman can destroy it. Well, Voltaire, I got some news. You're gone. But the Bible's still here. In fact, if you don't believe that God has a sense of humor, 50 years after Voltaire passed away, the, the, the Geneva Bible Society bought his printing press and started printing the Word of God on his printing press and started storing stacks and stacks of Bible in Voltaire's house. Brother, there is a God this morning. Oh, yes, yes, yes. 
You see, we can believe by faith what we practice is real. We can believe by faith what we practice is right. Why? Because we have our Father's Word on it. And you can trust your Father's Word. Again, old story. Old story. I apologize. They just fit so good, though. Little boy waiting at the bus stop. Just waiting patiently, like a little boy, you know. And a businessman came walking down the sidewalk, and he said, hey, son. He said, what you doing? He said, I'm, I'm waiting on the bus. <laughs> he chuckled. He said, son, he said, I tell you this, this is not a bus stop. He said, you'll have to walk down several blocks. He said, there's one several blocks away. The little boy said, thanks. I said, hey, son, do you hear what I said? Yes, sir. He said, son, I'm telling you, this is not a bus stop. <laughs> You're not going to get on the bus standing right here. You're going to have to walk down that way. Thanks. He just never moved. Businessman got flustered and walked away, got about a block away, and all of a sudden he heard the, the air brakes. Turned around and looked. Big old bus came by, lowered itself down. Little boy got ready to step on. And he looked at the businessman and said, Bus driver's my daddy. He knew what his dad had told him. He had his daddy's word on it. Listen, hey, Calvary, you've got your daddy's word on it. Amen. Daddy said there's a heaven. There is a heaven. Daddy said there's a hell. There is a hell. Daddy said that Jesus is the only way you're ever going to get to heaven. And I'm telling you, we can know what we believe is right. We have the word of God. Well, let's go a little further. How about this, number three? How do we know what we believe is right? Number three, because we have the answer of God. The answer of God. Look at 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. And this is the confidence, John says, that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, John said, he heareth us. And then in verse 15, he said, and if we know that he hear us, oh, don't you love this? Whatsoever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. In other words, in other words, we know what we believe is right because of the, the tangible, specific answers to prayer. In other words, I can go to my heavenly Father and I can say, Father, I've got a need. And when God sends that answer to that prayer, I can say, yes, he's right, he's real, and he is real. And Brother Looney's right in our Sunday school class this morning. Man, as we've watched, as we started this building program and we've literally saw God do the absolute miraculous and here we are, I mean, way out in the boondocks of North Tyrone County, 20 miles, uh, uh, 20 miles from any town whatsoever, pretty much of any size, and yet God is doing a work in here, way out in the country. Why? Because there is a God and God's able. God's able. And we've prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and said, oh, God, I don't know how we're going to do it. Don't I, and still don't know how we're going to do it. But, God, I know there's a way, and I know you're able. And, God, we want you to, to bless. And, God, we want you to provide. And, God, we don't want you just to meet our needs, but we want you to, to bless us over and above and beyond. And how many know that we have a God at Calvary Baptist Church that has done exactly that? Tuesday night, sitting in my office, phone rang. It's been back. Uh, back quite a, 
several years. Tuesday night, phone rang. I answered the phone. I said, hello. They said, is this Reverend Pope? I said, yes, it is. They said, uh, 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 Pastor Pope at Calvary in Union Grove. I said, yes, it is. And she said, well, Mr. Pope, she said, this is Mrs. Staley. And she said, I'm just calling to verify that you received your letter. And I said, well, ma'am, I, I'm, I'm not sure what you're talking, what you're referring to. She said, well, she said, we sent out a letter letting your church know that uh, someone had made your church a benefactor of their estate. And uh, she said, you were supposed to have received that letter. I said, well, you know, I'm sorry. I said, no, ma'am, we didn't receive it. She said, oh, I'm so sorry. I said, that's all right. It's okay. She, and then she changed her tone. And she said, well, pastor, I have the good fortune of letting you know we have some money for you. Oh, man. I love those kind of calls. Those are awesome. Usually it's the other way. And that, that's awesome. I said, wow. And then she said this. She said, I bet you're dying to know how much. And I said, well, yes, ma'am. Matter of fact, I am. And she said, how about $63,721? I said, is this one of our deacons playing a joke? Huh? And <laughs> She said, no, and I remember she said, she said, no, Pastor, I assure you. Uh, she said, and I asked her, I said, this is a joke. And she said, I assure you, she said, you get your treasure and a digging together, I'll come out and meet you tonight. I said, no, ma'am, you don't have to do that. But I said, we'll meet you tomorrow. And we came here to the church, and that lady walked in with a little personal check, $63,721. I want to tell you, tell you something, church. Did you know that don't just happen? Did you know things like that don't, don't just happen? You know why that happened? Because there is a great big God that, thank God, he's mindful of this church and he's mindful of you and he knows what you're going through. He knows your problem. He knows your burden. He knows your heavy heart this morning. And thank God he's not oblivious to you. He, he knows where you are. He knows your address. In fact, he knows the hairs that you have on your head. And thank God we have a God that's willing and ready and able to meet every single day. And I can't help but just get excited. I'm sorry. But I just can't help myself this morning because I want to tell you, I don't know the God that you serve, but the one I serve is awesome. He's great. How do we know what we believe is right? Number one, the Spirit of God. Number two, the Word of God. Number three, the answer of God. But how about this? Number four is the conviction of God. Now look at verse number 18. John said, and we know that whosoever is born of God sinneth not. In other words, John says they're not going to be living that continual life of sin. But he that is begotten of God keepeth himself, and that wicked one toucheth him not. Verse 19, and we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Somebody says, preacher, how do we know what we believe is real? Because once we become a child of God, when we do wrong, it bothers us. Notice 1 John 5, 19. And we know that we are of God, and the whole world lieth in wickedness. Listen to me in the church, I'm about done. Don't miss this. How can the world do what they do and live the lifestyle they live? And it doesn't bother them. Y'all ready? I'll tell you how. It's not real. How can they cheer, Brother Looney, about 
legalizing the murder of innocent babies. Not just pass it, legislate it, but cheer about it. And then they invoke the name of God. How can, how can so-called pastors gather at a plant, Planned Parenthood institution and pray that God would dedicate, dedicate a place like that? Let me tell you how. It's not real. What they have is not real. Because when you have the real thing, when you do wrong, you know what's going to happen? It's going to bother you. I mean, listen, how the world can do like they do and it doesn't bother them and yet when you're a child of God, you can attempt to go back and do some of the things, th same things that you used to do before you got saved and all of a sudden what you used to enjoy, you don't enjoy it anymore. You know why? Because when you get saved, God changes your warner. He changes your warner. You don't want the same things. The things I used to do, I don't do them anymore. Place I used to go, I don't go there anymore. Oh, the words I used to say, I don't say them anymore. There's been a great change since I've been born again. God changes your warner. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 6. For whom the Lord loveth, he chasteneth. And scourgeth every son whom he receiveth. If you endure chastening, God dealeth with you as with sons. For what son is he whom the father chasteneth not? But if you be without chastisement, that's punishment or a spanking. But if you be without chastisement, whereof all are partakers, then the Holy Spirit uses some very strong language. Then are you bastards and not sons. Somebody says, preacher, I love God, but I can live any lifestyle I want to. Honey, I hate to tell you this. What you have is not real. Because when you really get born again, as the old timers used to say, born again, there are some things that are going to bother you. You say, preacher, how do you know? How do you know what you have is real? Because, man, when I... When I don't do what I'm supposed to do, which happens a lot, the Spirit of God comes and pricks my heart and says, you know you shouldn't have said that. <laughs> that happened this week. You know you shouldn't have acted that way. You know your spirit's not right. You know that's not right. And I have to go to say, Lord, you're right. Lord, you're right. Forgive me. Cleanse me. God, restore my spirit. Help me to get, think, help me, help me to get, get straightened out again. And by the way, thank God he does that. I read an interesting story this week. It was Paul Gustave Doré, and he was, a, I know that name doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but, but uh, Gustave Doré was a renowned artist many years ago, back in the 1800s. In fact, before Cinderella became a blockbuster hit with Disney, uh, Gustave uh, 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 Doré was the one who illustrated Cinderella. He was the one who drew Little Red Riding Hood. So it's a very, and, and, and he's got tons and tons of other famous pictures. But they said that, that Gustave Dore had lost his passport. He was traveling in Europe and he'd lost his passport. He came to the border to cross and, of course, didn't have his passport. And, and so he said, uh, Sir, he said, I lost my passport. And he said, I, 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 my name is Gustav Gust Doray. And he said, I'm just, I'm hoping 
that you'll recognize that name and you'll let me in. And the border agent said this. He said, sir, you don't understand. He said, we have people come here all the time who are attempting to get in the country by posing as somebody else. And he said this. He said, I promise you, I am who I say I am. I, I promise. The border guard said this. He said, I'll tell you what we'll do. He, he got a, a sketch pad and a pencil, and he put them in the, in the hand of, of this great artist, there were some people that were standing along the escort of the uh, outskirts of the border there. And he said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. He said, you draw those people over there. And he said, if you pass this test, he said, we'll let you in. They said that Gustave Doré took that sketch and in just a few seconds drew those people with unbelievable detail. He passed that sketch pad back to the border officer and the border officer said you are who you say you are and then he said this his work confirmed his word Amen. did you know my God's work confirms his word I thank God I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that it is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against this day. Listen, brother, how do we know what we believe is right? We know because the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the answer of God, and the conviction of God. If you're here this morning and you're not a believer, you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, I'm going to tell you one thing. After a message like this, I'd be afraid to walk out that back door without giving my heart to Christ. And if you're here today and you don't know that you know that you know that heaven's your home, can we invite you to come to Jesus today? I promise you, He's the greatest friend you'll ever have. He is, wow, what a God. What a God we serve. Would you bow your heads with me all over the house this morning? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. And I want to ask just a question or two this morning. And we're going to make our way to the house here in just a moment. But with the heads bowed and eyes closed, the first question I want to ask is this. I wonder how many would be here today and you'd say, Pastor, if I died today, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am saved. I've been born again. I know that heaven's my home. And uh, here's my hand as a testimony of that. If you can honestly say that, would you just slip your hand up? You can take it right back down. Hallelujah. It's wonderful, wonderful. Many hands, many hands all over the house. But I want to ask a second question. I wonder if there may be one here today who would say, Brother Pope, if I died today, I'm going to have to be honest. I'm not 100% sure that I would go. I want to go to heaven, Pastor. Don't get me wrong. I want to be there, but I'm just not sure. I'm just not sure. Preacher, would you pray for me this morning? Is there one like that anywhere you'd allow me to pray for you? I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to come back and try to drag you down the aisle I just want to pray for you and you'd slip your hand up right now pastor remember me if I died I'm not sure about heaven would you pray for me right now you'd slip your hand up is there one anywhere all right is there is there another right now you'd slip your hand up you'd say pastor pray for me if I died I'm not sure I'm not sure raise it real high so I don't miss you this morning oh Calvary let's go out of here today with some conviction. 
let's, let's maybe today some Christians ought to come and just get around this altar and say, God, give me boldness. Now, Lord, help me to be kind. Help me to be as wise as a serpent and, and harmless as a dove. But, Lord, help me to be bold. God, help me to be bold. Help me to take a stand because I know what I believe is right. We're going to invite you to come in just a moment. Some have already come. Would you stand with us all over the house this morning, Father? Thank you for this time we've had together today. And God, I thank you for the Bible. And I thank you that we have God's Word on it. Lord, I thank you that I can uh, rest assured and be confident in what I believe. Oh, it doesn't mean I'm any better than anybody else. That's not what it means. And if somebody got that out of it, then they got the wrong message today. Uh, Lord, the ground is level at the foot of the cross. No man stands higher than I. I can call on Jesus' name and a king can do the same. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. But Lord, truth is though, there are some things that we need to believe and those things are right. And I pray, Heavenly Father, today that you'd give us a, a newfound boldness for 2019. And God, if there are those who need to come, who need to rededicate their life to Christ, I pray they'll come today. It could be that we've had people saved, but they've not followed the Lord in, in believer's baptism yet. They need, to, they need to be baptized. I pray that you'd help them to come and make themselves a candidate for baptism here in the next little bit. Lord, it could be that folks are not the member of a good Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church, and uh, they need to join a good Bible-believing church. Lord, it could be many things. Maybe somebody needs to just get, get right with God. I pray you'd have your way in this invitation. Speak to hearts, please. And we thank you. In Jesus' name, our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed, the pianos will play. If you need to come, the altar's open, and I'm going to make my way to the main floor. And uh, hey, listen, if we can pray with you or help you, we're here. You come today while we wait, while we wait. Again, maybe somebody just needs to slip down here and say, Lord, give me boldness. God, help me to take a stand at work. God, help me to start taking a stand at school. Lord, help me to be counted. Help me to be the Christian that you want me to be. We're going to pause just for a few moments. You come today while we wait.